We'd like to take a minute to thank Send Me Giant for sponsoring this portion of today's episode. For fans of Real Friends, Tiny Moving Parts, and American Football, Send Me Giant is a Midwest emo pop punk band out of Chicago, Illinois. Their new single, Thin Ice, is streaming everywhere now, and their debut self-titled EP is available now via Honeysuckle Records at honeysucklerecords.bandcamp.com. So go pick up a copy and support up-and-coming music. Thank you guys so much. Now let's get to the show. And guys, we're back with another episode with a very special guest. And again, if you haven't figured it out by the title, we got our boy Jared Reddick from Bowling for Soup. He was so gracious enough to come on our podcast. Dude, this guy's amazing. He's been in literally anything you could probably think of. That's his voice. He's literally the voice of a generation, of my generation. And I fucking love this guy. This guy's awesome. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. We had a good time. And yeah, let's get right into it. back to another episode of where did all my friends go a podcast about life in the music industry and guys today if you haven't figured out already by the title of the damn episode we get we have Jarrett from bowling for soup Jarrett, welcome to the show dude this is amazing thank you for being here no thanks for having me guys i think we uh I think I had to reschedule last time and, and just life, you know, but, uh, life gets crazy sometimes it does. Yeah. You know, it's been a, uh, obviously it's been a wacky couple of years. And so now with getting, getting back out there, then of course the kids getting back into all the stuff that they do, it's, it's been, uh, it's a whirlwind right now. It looks like it's going to be that way for the rest of the year. So I'm, I'm all buckled up. (laughs) Good. Yeah. Hell yeah. Got shit on lockdown. Yeah, because yeah, we're 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 the same way. We're trying to like this month's really hectic. Trying to get, you know, we've got a bunch of guests, and then we also leave for So What Festival pretty soon here. Yeah, a uh, couple of weeks, and just trying to get it all ready before we go. Understood, man. Understood. <laughs> you get it. So, yeah, for for anyone that doesn't know, Jarrett Reddick is a jack of all trades, best known for bowling for Soup, voice of Chuck E. Cheese, Phineas and Ferb, podcaster, and a whole lot more. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. It's, uh, when I list it out, it just makes my wife anxious. So I just try to, <laughs> I just try not to ever talk about all of it at once. Yeah. It's, it, you gotta it's understandable. <laughs> yeah, you gotta just be, uh, you know, I, you know, I just sort of like, uh, she's like, what do you got going on? And I'm like, do you really want to know what I'm going on? What I've got going on today? Or, uh, so I just give her like the top, you know, the top stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, and that's, that's usually the way to go. I mean, it's kind yeah. of the same with, with my wife as well. So <laughs> yeah, I'd say the same. I don't have one. That's okay. It's no wife. Yeah. Hell yeah. But you do have the most yellow room in the world, which is amazing. It's kind of uh, weird. Yeah. No, it's, fucking and dope. It's, it's even <laughs> awful, more awful because I'm colorblind to yellow. So I don't like even know that it's like, like I can tell it's yellow, but it's also been told to me that it's really yellow. It's super so, yellow. So what did, what is it to yellow. you? It's just illuminated. I don't know. Like it just looks <laughs> just lit up. Like it just hey. <laughs> Fair oh, enough. Why, I don't know. Gray. Like yeah, we've <laughs> we've talked about that. It seems like there's a lot of red hues in my room, and then he's got just this intense Dude, yellow thing going. It's on. just the fact that like okay, real quick talk like. <laughs> This uh 
<laughs> house that I'm living in right now is technically like this mansion. And it was built by this guy who was uh uh in like the 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 French mafia or something like that. And like he uh because you could tell this house wasn't designed by somebody like who designs houses, it was designed by somebody with money. Like they were just like, I want this in my house, I want that in my house. Like the whole lighting in this room is like what you would have for like billiard lighting, you know, like a chandelier for billiards. That's why it's all like yellow and like dingy looking. And then apparently uh, he killed his wife and then committed suicide. On those uh, chairs. Uh, well, no, those, those are my chairs. Come on oh, okay. now. They're bringing the good vibes. Yeah, but I, like, I found that out. I was like, oh shit. But that makes sense because there's so many weird fucking things in this house that you're like, a designer wouldn't do that. That's a guy with money that just went... I want that there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. that's why it's all dingy looking here. I'll, I'll change. I'll get a green screen. Pat, I'm going to get a green screen. Okay. I don't think you need to. I think it looks cool. Oh, my. <laughs> so, Jared, let, <laughs> let's start near uh, near the beginning here. So Bowling for Soup was formed in 1994. Uh, before the 2000s, you released a self-titled album, Splitty P with uh, Vims. Tell me when to woe and rock on honorable ones. That's right. Of, the, yeah. of those first albums, what would you say are some of your favorite songs? Do you still play any or many of them at shows? Um, I mean, we don't really play anything ever off the first album. I mean, you know, we made that three months after we started. Sorry, that's what you get when you get the last interview of the day. Uh-huh. That's it. You get you get yawned. I may do it three more times, but anyway, that's okay. Uh, the first record. Um, you know, was kind of a hodgepodge of like stuff that I had and stuff that Eric and Chris had. Um, and uh, so we don't really do anything off of that. Uh, the second, uh, the Vims, we don't really either. And then Rock on Honor ones, not so much either. But but tell me when to, well, you're kind of getting into basically stuff that ended up coming out on Let's Do It for Johnny. So those songs do get addressed every once in a while, especially from like the acoustic times. But you know, it was just so up and down trying to find where we, who we were. I mean, you know, the first album is sort of all over the place. And the second album, we were really starting to find. So that was 94. And then by 96, we were really starting to find out, you know, find what we were going to sound like. Um, the second Rock on Honor ones, we, Rock on Honor ones, we also made in 96. But, you know, at that point, Real Big Fish were everywhere. Less Than Jake starting to do really well. Mm-hmm. Goldfinger. Uh, so we actually had horns on about half that record, which was, uh, you know, I mean, it was fun to do. It was kind of, if you, you look back on it, it it was kind of silly, but um, we were able to have the horn players come along and play local shows and stuff. And that's really where we were selling the albums anyway. Oh, yeah. uh, and then Tell Me When to Woe really was kind of like, we're about to get a record deal. Um, you know, these are the songs that we're sort of shopping. We added the bitch song to that, to that. Uh, you know, as an afterthought, later re-released it, and uh, that's when we got signed to Jive. Hell yeah, that's sick. I just want to put this into perspective for you, uh, and Pat, you already know this, but I was born in '94, right? Oh, neat. So, so yeah. like, I graduated from college in '94. So, um, uh, what uh, what different lives we truly have? Yeah, um, well, I grew I up somewhere in the middle of that. Like, that's, just, just FYI, people are born at different times. It's yeah, just it's crazy. It's life, it's right? Like, it's just strike, and we have zero control over it. Just none. There's yeah, right. No- like I, w- like we just mentioned this in the last podcast, but I was born without consent. 
like, 100%. Who, who, who allowed this? <laughs> yeah. Your parents did. They, my, my parents. I, think, I was born in 72, man. It was like during gas lines in Vietnam and stuff. Like, I, I probably wouldn't have come out if I was asked, you know? Nobody gave me. Nobody gave me a choice. No, nobody gave a choice. We just here we are, and uh, you make it with, the, with the best of it. And I, you, you ended I, up making bowling for soup, which like, okay, I, I've wanted to tell you this ever since uh, Pat, uh, ever since he was like, "Yo, we got Jared." I'm like, "Fuck yeah, my kiddo, he's four. Yeah, I, his favorite song. He calls it the Who 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 song. Oh, neat. Because 1985. It's, uh, 1985. <laughs> yeah. I, when I'm telling you, like, he knows every word to that song, except for he says she was going to shake her butt. Debbie just hit the wall. cutest fucking yeah. thing right <laughs> meanwhile i'm dropping f-bombs all over the place there's a version where i say <laughs> she was gonna shake it right because we did uh that song was huge on radio disney for a really long time so mm-hmm. uh and instead of prozac i say uh one workout a day <laughs> you know and uh so yeah well that's awesome yeah i think that there's just something to pop punk and just the beat and the fact that you can understand the words and it's it's sort of the safe rock and roll that that kids can latch on to you know and I, I think that's proven by the fact that you know my kid the shows that he watches you know aren't necessarily Disney or whatever I mean it's even stuff on YouTube it's, they'll always have like a pop punk theme song you know yeah, still to right. this day. yeah and it's so it's it's so weird it's it's like I you know I don't guess it's weird I think it's just a testament to that sound, you know, and and that even though we've been all, you know, some of us have been doing it for, you know, almost 30 years, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's kind of just got like this everlasting shelf life. It doesn't seem like it's going to go anywhere, you know? It, it, I think like it's just so happy sounding for the yeah. most part. I mean, obviously, depending on the band and sure. stuff, but no, like... No, no, I, I, I feel you. I I think that too. Yeah. I mean, I it's 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 safe and it's happy and and it's uh there's nothing wrong with that, you know. I mean it, you can go off on a tangent and explore some things that you know, obviously some of the guys have gotten political over the years and you know, you can get into love songs and you know, looking back songs and things like that, but you know, you kind of always go back to the 1985s, the almost and the in too deep and you know, all the small things and shit, you know, that's sort of right. where where it all where it all just is rides that little wave that we're on all the time yeah absolutely so you were nominated for a grammy for girl the bad guys want no yeah. what was what was that like like just being there with being there <laughs> yeah i mean it was cool it was a really weird year because it was right after 911 and so right. it was very much like a um it's oh the grammys are always in la and so they moved it to Madison Square Gardens in New York that year, um, obviously, because it was a, you know, let's try to get people back to New York. Let's, you know, let's celebrate New York, this, mm-hmm. this whole thing. Um, and so it was very different, I'm told, you know, like as far as just like the glamour and stuff, because, you know, the red sure. carpet was cool and stuff, but it wasn't, 
you know, I don't know. It wasn't overwhelming or anything. Hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the thing about going to something like that really isn't the people that you see that you know you're going to see. So with that, what, what I mean by that is like, you know, I was shaking hands with B.B. King and Bonnie Raitt kissed me on the cheek, you know, yeah. and that I was fine with all of that. It's the people that you don't expect to see that like blow your mind. Like Michael J. Fox walked in and I was like, holy shit, <laughs> Michael J. Fox is here, you know, like, and it was like, it's B. Keaton, guys. We were sitting next to uh, um, Martina McBride and her husband and then Jimmy Fallon and uh, the guys from Godsmack were behind us. But in front of us was um, uh, Missy Elliott and, uh, and Evander Holyfield, you know, and I okay. was just like, let's see if we can see where uh, Mike Tyson bit off part of his ear, you know, like <laughs> it's that kind of shit that really, you know, that you don't, that you don't expect, but no, it was cool. It was, it was a, it was a great experience. I mean, you know, it's funny cause you don't really, you know, it's it, when you're nominated for a Grammy, you just fucking nominated for a Grammy. Like you, you don't have to do anything to get in the club. It's like, there's a right. lot of new people there. You know, mm -hmm. it's, there's a lot of people that have been there for 25 times, but you know, it was, uh, we didn't feel like I peed next to Elvis Costello, you know, like it, it was just, you know, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. We, we had a blast. Hmm. Was, I guess like what, I mean, how do I even say this? Like we have this idea of what, things are going to be like especially things like you know the grammys the oscars yeah how they you know we have this idea from the outside looking in where it's um almost like too good to be true right like right. oh my god what it would be like to win an oscar or a grammy or whatever it is mm -hmm. and then you just realize these are just people like everyone's just people they just they're still living like right now the rock is living and breathing somewhere and yeah like it, it, it kind of like de-glamorizes it a little bit like brings you back down to earth like oh um, yeah like, you know I, I think yeah i agree with all of that i think like but somebody winning an oscar is like that's pretty fucking big you know oh, <laughs> like, yeah. That, yeah, that, yeah i mean like I, it's like you know like to me that's like i don't know you know like <laughs> that's still a person but jesus christ you know <laughs> I get your point. I was just talking about that earlier as like, you know, when I talk about mental health and things like that, you know, it's, it's important for everybody to know that we're just people or whatever, but right. I think really more to your point of, of you looking at it and, and, and seeing it as being like this big glamorous thing. What's funny is, is it's not, you have like these people yelling at you in megaphones, like which way to walk and shit and like where to sit and stuff. And then like, if you get up to go to the bathroom or wherever, they have a seat filler that comes and sit. So you don't just get to go back anytime. Like it's, it's all this, just, it, there's a bit of chaos to it all that, that, that the audience doesn't get to see that, that sort of, to me is like what, what it's super, like if you've ever been to the taping of a game show or whatever, and it was like, okay, sure. this is not near as well run as you would think <laughs> it would be yep. after 40 years, you would think you would get, let's make a deal together. You know, what the fuck, man, let's go. <laughs> um, and so, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, but again, I, that was, a, there was a lot to take in there, there, but uh, yes, we're, we are all just people and everybody there are just people. And so, I don't know, you know, it's funny, I guess, you know, one aspect of that would be like, we would definitely have been on the low end of, of uh, celebrity at that, at that time, you know, 2003. Sure. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that, you know, 
I mean, we we had had a girl of the bad guys wasn't really even a hit yet. Like it it didn't go to pop until after that, and then that's when it was like a major hit. So we were literally nobody, and right. uh, so just sort of sitting there and just watching how the other half lives, and it's just the same as us. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, that's freaking awesome though. I love that kind of shit. <laughs> it, like, I mean, think about it, dude. Like, realizing that like your heroes are just people who go through the same shit that you sure. do yeah, makes yeah, sure. everything seem that much more attainable. And like, I don't know, like, Pat and I are like on this podcast. We've been huge advocates for like mental health and like slowing down and just taking a second, especially when it comes to music, because everyone feels like you have this short window of like when you can like make it or whatever your definition of success may be. It feels like you have this very short window or like your parents are like, by the time you're 30, you better have a real job or like, you know what I mean? Like all these outside pressures, even down to like TikTok, you got to post a video on TikTok and hope it goes viral. And then it doesn't go viral. So you try to do another one and you just get into this like downward spiral of just absolute mental negativity. And then when you just sit here and go, I'm not the only one. Yeah. There's so much more power to that, especially when people uh, like, I mean, I know you, Jared, you've been, a huge advocate for mental health. So let's yeah. even just take you for example, especially when we have people, uh, our listeners, me, Pat, we've all list- grew up listening to Bowling for Soup. We all grew up with like with you heavily influencing how we like heard music, how we watched TV shows or whatever it was. Yeah. And then just realizing, oh shit, like he's got bad days too. Or like, hey, he's yeah. like just as normal, just as personable as everyone else and i don't have to sit here and push myself to be somebody i'm not or to act out like i'm like i'm better than i actually am mentally like you know you put on a front you put on a face and you're like everything's fine because i'm gonna make it in music one day and really it's just all crumbling behind you and so when you have people that you look up to be real and vulnerable it makes the people who listen to you or follow you or whatever it is feel that much more human and that much more connected to you even though you've never even met those people in your life yeah i mean i think i think what i i think again it's that's sort of two separate things i mean the the pressure outside pressure to make it you got to make it by this time you got to be you know that was really big when i was a kid because all of the i grew up listening to heavy metal and they were all really young yeah and um you know that's that's not a thing anymore. Look at fucking mm-hmm. Sia. What was she yeah. fucking 43 when she had her first? You you know, there, there are two rules in the world that I think that if you live by these two things, I'll give you guys this. You li- this is what I tell my children. Just talked to my niece about this yesterday. This is, is easy. You want to live the best life ever. You do these two things. Don't be a piece of shit <laughs> and always be happy. That's it. Don't be a burden on society or pay your fucking rent. Don't be a shithead. Be nice to people. Be honest with your, you, with yourself or whatever. Take care of yourself and be happy. That's it. That's all you got to do. You don't have to know what you want to do by the time you're 26. You have to know what you want to do by the time you're 46. And honestly, somebody telling you that you need to make it as a musician or make it as a podcast because somebody else did at a certain age or a certain time or a certain way is bullshit anyway because nobody ever has the same path. Right. The days of everybody having the same path are gone. See, that was L.A. back in the fucking 80s when it was just like, all right, we need to sign another band. Let's go get one. That's not how anything works. That's not how any of this works. And even people that are that are successful on TikTok or Instagram or whatever, 
they're none of them are going all right guys here's the map you know yeah. because if you start to pull a bear map you're fucking not genuine content and it's it's not going to work anyway so you know <laughs> the idea here is to to push forward and do what you love and be passionate about it and and work through it and go through it and bulldoze your ass through it because you want to i work right a lot i i work a lot because i enjoy it Mm -hmm. um i'm successful in those things that i absolutely will not fucking let anything get in my way when i do the things that i do for fun you know podcasting i love it i have a i have a lot of fun doing it i do not spend the amount of time needed to make those shows huge could i sure but would that would you know, time with my family, the things that I need to do for Bowling for Soup, my voiceover stuff that pays the bills, those things would suffer. So it's about time management, what I want to do, but I still enjoy doing the podcast. So I do them. Um, so yeah, you know, it's about drive and and then, and then to your, to, back to the point of everybody being human beings, that just goes, that's back to, you know, everybody starts somewhere. And the minute you start to meet people who you've looked up to or, you know, and, and then all of a sudden they're your peer, like my favorite band, I have three out of four of their phone numbers in my phone. That's fucking crazy to me. Yeah. But they're all normal as shit. You know, they have the same <laughs> thing. Their daughter, their daughters and sons have allergies and they have to fucking miss school and they have to do this and carpool and do dishes and you know, it's all the same shit. Volunteer for the kids' extracurricular sports at school. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Go read. Uh, you have to go read at school once a year. And, you know, those are the things that we do. And, and you know, it's funny. I was listening to an interview with Adam Sandler on uh, on the Smart List podcast. If you guys haven't checked that out, it's great. It's um, Jason Bateman and uh, Sean from uh, the, the guy from Will and Grace and then Will okay. Arnett. And they're all buds. And they started a podcast during the... Uh, during the quarantine thing and it's great it's just they each bring a guest uh every you know when when it's their turn it's a surprise guest and they have fun so anyway they have adam sandler on there and it's really funny that somebody as 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 successful as adam sandler you really don't get more successful than that like that's as about as successful as you could possibly get and he's sitting there talking about like oh yeah you know i don't get to play golf like i just hard for me the wife doesn't really like when I'm just gone for five hours, you know, during the day or whatever. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, I fucking feel that, you know, although my wife encourages me to, because I'm a workaholic, but still <laughs> yeah, back to everybody's the same. Right. Like just uh, the, like just the success of Adam Sandler and still like, like the wife that's like, I don't care how famous you are. Right. Get your ass back home. <laughs> like, yeah, well, come, help, like, come help with these kids. You know, this, it needs to be done here. You know, it's like like every time I leave for tour, some a fucking electrical something goes out, the cable doesn't work. That's it's always something that I'm the only one that knows how to do it. And, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's frustrating as shit for a mom who's at home trying to raise kids and take care of your dogs that you had to have, you know, and, and the fucking cat. That you know all of that, so uh, you know. I mean, dude, there there's normalcy. You know, take the most famous person and dive into their marriage and their you know their parenthood or whatever, and you get to normalcy pretty quick. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, let's let's keep moving on. I mean, first off, this, this, this is my this is my favorite part. This is my favorite question. The whole thing. You have been a large part of my personal favorite cartoon, Phineas and Ferb. 
Yeah. Not only writing and performing the the theme song to the show, uh, mm-hmm. but also writing other songs for the show. Like, for example, uh, Snuck Your Way Right Into My Heart. Yeah. There is no reason why that <laughs> song should be that fucking good. <laughs> well, at, like at all. It's, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Those guys are ringers, man. They know what they're doing and, mm-hmm. and you go in and write with them and it's, you know, they have it mapped. Okay. Here's the song that we need to write today. And, you know, that you do this, you know, this, you know, you, go, and I, I was fortunate enough to have an open door policy and get to go in and write quite a few songs with them and then play Danny, the lead singer of love handle who actually sung snuck your way right into my yeah. heart. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I was I was very fortunate to do that. But yeah, I mean, all of those songs, man, so good. You know? So good. Um, yeah, I mean, we we would write one sometimes, and it would. I, I one one song I co-wrote with them is in the the first movie, and it's called Robot Riot. Yep. And that song, if you ever hear the the like the full length of that, it's so catchy. It's just like, my God, we could change the words of this, and it could really be on the radio. <laughs> so lift up the curtain, right? Like. What's it like to do the voiceover work? What's it like to be on a show, especially with how, uh, I don't want to say groundbreaking, but how much of a monument yeah. Phineas, Phineas and Ferb was to to a generation like mine? What was it like working on that kind of a show? Yeah, I mean, you know, it was amazing. I, I, you, know, I, you know, when I went in for my first meeting, I, had, I was, they were basically looking for a show for me to do music on. And I had, you know, that's how pilots work. You you end up getting assigned a show and you do all this work and then the show doesn't get picked up and then nothing happens. And so yeah. I was really just kind of sick of being told no, but I went in, I met Dan and Swampy, the creators, and uh, we had lunch and I just loved these guys right out of the box, man. And I knew that something special was going to happen. You could just tell, but it was those two sharing an office. They had one secretary uh, and, you know, we we had our initial meeting. The next time I went there, uh, they had half that floor, and the next time I went, they had moved to another floor and had the whole thing. And then by a few years later, they built them their own building. Wow. Um, and so to watch that, and you know, to be walking through the store and be like, you know, oh shit, you're on macaroni and cheese, you know, and sending <laughs> the thing, and then, and then the creme de la creme, which which, which is what was happened when I finally told them that they made it was. There's Phineas and Ferb Band-Aids, guys. You <laughs> fucking did it. Like that, yes. it doesn't get any bigger than Band-Aids. Like it's, it's true. You're, that's it's true. if you want to be as successful in the world of things that are licensed, and somebody goes, How successful do you want your licensed product to be? The answer is Band-Aids. Band-Aids. You get to Band-Aids, you've done it all correct. You're that. good. You're good. You can retire. You're fucking good, man. Because think. There ain't a lot of there ain't a lot of licensed things that have been on band aids in the past, you know. That's true. It's, it's it's probably less than fifty, you know. So, um, but yeah, great great fun and uh, and always so much fun to work with and you know uh, you know always just really trusting with you know what I would do vocally and um, just good guys, you know, uh, is is a blast. Well, I do want to let you know that I do have a Perry the Platypus tattoo on my leg. Good. As you as you should. As you should. Yeah. I don't, but Bear. Bear's got that one unlocked there's, for there's us. Gonna be a whole as thing. I can't tell you how many times I'm like, anytime I need something and I'm like, I don't remember what it is, I just go, it's my Like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's pretty good. I, I, I follow Dan on TikTok too, because like yeah. he's really funny. Like, oh yeah, he's really, really funny. funny. 
Yeah, that guy just right when, when he decided to do TikTok, he was like, "Man, I'm just gonna I'm gonna put my focus. I'm gonna do it." He goddamn did it, man. He's, <laughs> oh, dude, he's got so many followers. It's crazy. Yeah, that's great. So, what, with with like on the topic of uh, voiceovers, what was it like to uh, be Chuck E. Cheese, and how did you get that gig? Well, I'm still Chuck E. Cheese. Um, yeah, I have been for uh, ten years, and. Um, yeah, I was doing improv comedy here in Dallas and the guy, a guy who, um, who got the new account for the advertising, uh, also was an improv comic and saw me, saw me one night and it just, something clicked in his head and he was like, man, they they were trying to make him ro- a rock star and kind of tone down the, you know, the big scary guy make him small and cute and yeah, uh, makes sense. I, I remember when, like, when Chuck E. Cheese freaked me out. Yeah, yeah. like I, I, I mostly remember '80s Chuck E. Cheese. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was never freaked out by him. I always thought it was cool. But I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I know that kids were. My nephew was pretty scared of him and stuff. But yeah, he, um, they did a pitch for me to be. They were like, you know, this guy. We know he can sing and he can do all kinds of crazy shit with his voice and. Uh, you know, so they pitched me and I didn't really ever even have to audition. I just, uh, said I'd do it. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm doing it. And so, yeah, that, that is a lot of blind faith from those guys, you know, just pulling videos from the internet of me talking and doing interviews and things like that, of like showing my personality. Sure. Uh, so, so a bunch of trust in, in, in just, you know, what they knew of me. Mm-hmm. without me going in and really even developing anything for them at first it took me you know it took me about a year where i can just like whip it out and um his voice i mean uh you know <laughs> uh, just like go into it and like really just nail stuff down so it doesn't take me very long all right we got one last question here for you all right if you could give our listeners a piece of advice that you know now that you wish you knew when you were first starting out what mm-hmm. would it be Stay the course. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything happens for a reason. You know, you can, you really can choose your own destiny. Like I said, I already gave you the two rules of a happy life. And, um, you know, I, I honestly, I, there's a song on the new record. I, I honestly would not change one thing. I've been through uh, breakups and I've, you know, missed time with my children. And I, there's a lot of things that I, you know, you know, given the chance, I, I, I at the time would have changed it. But I love where I am now. I love where my life is. And, uh, you know, I, my kids are awesome. And, uh, you know, my band is great and doing well. And, um, you know, I just, I would say, stay the course, man. And, you know, chart your own path. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with our last few segments. And, uh, yeah, stick around. Hello again. We'd like to take a second to thank Punk Goes Print for sponsoring this portion of today's episode. Punko's Print is a pop-punk-inspired artist creating fun and exciting art to decorate your personal areas. From prints to keychains to water bottles, there's something for everyone. Some of my personal favorites are inspired by bands such as May Day Parade, Taking Back Sunday, and Sum 41. Stop by www.punkgoesprint.com today and use our code UNSIGNED to get 20% off your order. Thanks so much. Let's get back to this episode. And we're back, guys. Once again, we have Jarrett Reddick of Bowling for Soup, Chuck E. G's, Phineas and Ferb, and probably anything else you can probably imagine. 
We are back with our next segment, the Obscure Questions segment. This literally has nothing to do with your career or anything about like music or anything. So okay, here we go. If you could be the voice of any animated character in existence, aside from Chuck E. Cheese, oh. who would you be and why? Oh man, that's so hard. Um, <laughs> I, I just got a sidebar to you. I got an opportunity to read for the new Scooby-Doo when he came out and oh, I wow. didn't do it because I didn't want to be the guy that changed Scooby-Doo's voice. Sure, oh, uh, yeah. that makes sense. It's yeah. so iconic, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, any cartoon character. I mean, I, I guess I'd probably have to be... Um, what cartoons do I like? Uh, God, <laughs> can other people just answer this shit? Like, and I just, <laughs> they just we, know what they're gonna say. No, yeah. no, they, that, they, that's, they why it's a, that's why it's it's obscure. A lot yeah. of times we come up with like even more weird things. Yeah, than that's this. really hard. Um, I'd say, uh, let's just say, um, God, that's fucking hard. <laughs> All right. Um, oh. Uh, Phineas. Okay. <laughs> I'd only have one line per show. Yeah, you'd, be the, you'd, be, you'd be the Ferb version. Goodbye. Of yeah, Ferb. I'd be Ferb. That's right. Ferb. There. There you go. So this was a just rant. Normally, with our obscure questions, is we come up with these about ten minutes before the show because we're like we want to be as random as possible. Okay. So this one, I was wondering, what's the most ridiculous thing? at least that you feel that you've ever just rage quit that i've rage quit yeah like you know like sometimes like video games you just rage quit okay so i just get pissed and just quit something done (laughs) oh man yeah there's got to be something um so i've never really been a video game guy um you know gosh that's freaking hard man i did almost freaking rage quit golf recently that's so understandable you know i uh it'd probably be honestly probably be uh auditioning for voice stuff because there was one that i really really felt like i should have got uh and i didn't get it and then the, i heard the guy that got it and he was way better than me so i was just like oh. you know this is a waste of my time <laughs> you know? so i'm already chuck e cheese i'll just do that yeah that makes sense okay last question at what point is a uh, a pizza hot pocket just a giant pizza roll? Ooh, good question. Um, well, a pizza roll is very important because you can just pop the whole thing in your mouth. You know, of course, you're going to be like going. Now, well, I guess the time. both of them will burn the shit out of your tongue and the <laughs> top of your mouth, but uh, and you can fit way more ingredients into a uh, a hot pocket. But I totally see what you're saying. It's uh. But you know, it's my it's my slider rule. If I'm being completely honest, like hamburgers are just better when they're smaller, and I mm. can't explain why. Hmm. That's fair. That's honest. Fuck. That's a great question. Yeah. Or not question, but great answer. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying, thank just, you, Pat. I came up the, with the question all by myself. Sliders <laughs> are just better than their than their than their bigger sandwich. Yeah. I, it's just it's just the, accurate. Same flavor, smaller piece, more like. I don't know more, what it is, man. It's just better. Just better. It's cute. Like it's for sure adorable. Cute. Is what it is. <laughs> True, I like that. On that, we're gonna go to our last segment. We're gonna fly through this one. This is rapid fire questions. All you're right, just you're gonna speak from the heart and shoot from the hip. Okay, Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Mario or Luigi? Luigi. Nice. 
Gwen Stefani or Haley Williams? Oh, who's Haley Williams? Paramore. Oh, uh, Gwen. I I like good big Gwen fan. Loved Gwen. it. Yeah, no Gwen. I, I think a lot of that is just based upon probably maturity level too, because uh, I like older chicks. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Hard shell or soft shell tacos? Soft shell. Final question: Some forty-one or yellow card? Some forty-one. Are you kidding? That's not even. That's not even a thing. That's they're not even in the same arena. <laughs> in fact, I don't think yellow card was ever in an arena. I'm kidding. <laughs> some forty-one are my some forty-one are my boys. I got to go with them. We're playing some shows with them this summer. Tulsa, uh, yeah. Oklahoma was just announced today, so we're excited yeah. about that. And uh, yeah, yeah. Well, dude, you did it. You made it through the podcast. In 30 seconds or less, let us know what you have going on. How can we find you? How can we follow you? What's next? What's new? Super easy. Uh, Bowling for Soup. New album is out now. Pop Drunk's Not Bread. Um, you can stream it anywhere. Um, you can find everything that I do, everything we talked about, at jarrettreddick.com. Uh, and then if you want to go straight to my new country stuff, just go to jarrettreddick.com. And oh, yeah. uh, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, and I'm on TikTok. So come hang with me. I'm fairly good about answering back. So love to hear from you guys. Hell yeah. Well, Jared, thank you so much for being on the show. I can't tell you like how amazing this is and like how I've been really trying to keep my composure. Um, this thank has been you guys too, man. Yeah, a lot, of, like, thank a lot you. of fun. Thank you for having me and thanks for rescheduling with me, guys. And, Absolutely. Um, yeah, man. I'll see you guys down the road. All right. With well, that, yeah. this has been another episode of Where Did All My Friends Go, a podcast about life in the music industry. We will catch you guys next Monday. Hey, everyone. Thanks for checking out this week's episode. But before you go, also check out Emo Night Treasure Coast. Emo Night Treasure Coast is a local Emo Night event that is held on the Treasure Coast of Florida. If you're anything like Pat and I, you enjoy a great emo throwback. And that's just what Emo Night Treasure Coast is all about. Their next event is in collaboration with the Emo Karaoke at Cielo Lounge. It's all ages, and it's on June 19th. For more information about Emo Night Treasure Coast, make sure you follow them on all social media at, you guessed it, Emo Night Treasure Coast. Make sure you check out their bio because you can find all the information you'd ever need to know about them right there, including their link tree. Once again, we want to thank Emo Night Treasure Coast for sponsoring this episode. With that said, if you or anyone you know that is in a band or a small business are looking for new, fun, and exciting ways to promote your material, hit us up at unsignedpoppunk at gmail.com. We'd love to hear everything that you want to do because we always want to support you.